0: So in the process of time, after you've trusted Christ as your Savior, in the process of time, as you are living your life, are you living by faith? Because see, this is what we have all these Old Testament stories for, because God uses them to testify to us. And even though they are dead, they still are testifying because they're written in Scripture, and we can still learn from them. And so in verse 7, he says, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Move with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. So here Noah believed God. We don't even know if he'd ever seen rain before. And he's going to make an ark. And how's he going to get all those animals to come? Well, he just to do the, his job, and God will do what he's supposed to do. So sometimes we're trying to figure out how is God going to do this. And it's because we can't see how God's going to do something, well, we just don't believe he can do it. And so we don't do what we should because we don't see how God's going to do what He should. God just said, look, you just do what you're supposed to do. Wouldn't it be neat if all of us would just put the Lord first and trusted Him? Then He talks about Abraham down in verse 8, living by faith, living by faith. But isn't it something that the very first person that was killed in the Bible is the very first one that's in the Hall of Faith, the Hall of Faith chapter talking about, what is faith? And the reason Cain wasn't good, because he, he did not believe God. And if you don't believe the Lord about a sacrifice for the sins, then there can be no salvation. You have to believe that what Christ did was for you. And so he makes his statement. Also, I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 John chapter 3. 1 John and Chapter 3. Just turn to your right there, not too far, but just a couple pages. Because one refers to the first birth, and one refers to the second birth. And just like you have whenever you're born into the world, that's your flesh birth. Okay, well, Cain represents the flesh birth. Abel, he came second. That represents your second birth. One flesh, one spirit. First birth, second birth. See how easy that it is. And this is why, whenever you go through and you find out that Jacob, and Esau, and you also have Saul and David, but it's, it's amazing how it stays pretty good. But anyway, here in First John, in chapter three, in verse one, he makes this statement: "Behold." What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Now, when are you called the sons of God? When you're born into the world? No. Only when you trusted Christ as your Savior. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, then you became a child of God. And then he says in verse 2, Beloved, now, now, not down the road, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Now, one day we're going to be like the Lord. Now, some people think that means that we're going to be about the same age. Or what are we going to be? I don't know. I don't try to put too much in it. I really don't care. I'm just going to be glad I'm there. So, however, he works everything else out, and, you know, am I going to have sideburns? Am I going to have a mustache? You know, I don't know. I mean, for years, I had a, well, not years, I decided to grow me a nice mustache. I mean, it was a big old black mustache, and I thought I looked pretty good in that black mustache. I was out in Colorado, and some people said, are you a Mexican? I said, no. You look like you're a Mexican. Oh. So one day I was standing in front of the mirror, looking at myself, but I was trimming my mustache, and I didn't want it to go past the corner right there on my So This one just a little bit, Then so I, I realized I got it a little bit too high, fine so I tried to make it even on this side, so, and that's too high. So then I had to try to get it on this side a little bit more. You know, by the time I got through, I looked exactly like Hitler. (laughs) I kept on because I couldn't get them the same on both sides. I cut the whole thing off, and I ain't had one since. Because the last thing I wanted to look like was Hitler. So uh, what are we going to look like when we get there? Well, I don't know. But there's two births. One when you were born in the world, one when you were trusted Christ as Savior. Now, as you go down through here, you'll see some things that are very interesting. But it goes all the way down and talks about somebody that was born. Look down in verse 12. You say, well, what's this got to do with anything? Verse 12, not as Cain, which was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. He was of the wicked one. The wicked one is the devil. Cain was of the devil because he had the devil's old nature, and did what the devil wanted him. The devil is a liar. He is a murderer. And so what did, what did he do? Where is thy brother? I don't know. He lied and he killed. Just like his daddy, the old devil himself. And get this, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Why did he do that? Because his own works were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Now, what did they do that was so different? Well, one offered the fruits of his hands, the labor. He offered that. And the other one, Abel, offered a blood sacrifice. And that was what God says to do. So one believed God, one did not believe God. And so you have these two births. Now look up here. I've used this before. I'll do it again. This is when we are born into the world. This is my first birth. This is like Cain. And then later on, when I was 18, I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I was born into God's family. Now in God's family, I'm His child. This is a type of Abel. Abel believed Cain did not. Two separate individuals. So the Bible says it was done in such a way to manifest the first birth from the second birth. So we know now that the first birth, there's none righteous, no, not one. And so man cannot save himself. So God says you cannot earn eternal life. So what was Cain trying to do? Earn eternal life. God says you cannot earn it. It's not by your works. So here you have Abel and Abel believed God and accepted a blood sacrifice for his sins. A sin offering was an offering for his sins. So he believed that. So he was declared righteous and Cain is unrighteous. So whenever you and I are born into the world we have a first birth, flesh birth. Then when we trust Christ as our Savior, we have a new birth, spirit birth. This one's born of God. This one cannot sin. This one cannot do anything righteous. So they are totally opposed to each other. So I have these two births. And God uses that same illustration right here when He's explaining something that's really awesome. Look there in verse 9. In verse 9, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Heart, look up here. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. And the word there is poeo, which means cannot commit one single act of sin. Now, some people like to say the word is prazo, which means to practice sins. And sometimes in your notes, they use that word prazo, meaning to practice. Well, if you're saved, you're not going to practice sin. Everybody I know is an expert at it, let alone practice. But it's not prazo, it's poeo, it means you cannot commit one single act of sin. That's the new birth. This is why when you trusted Christ, this was born of God. God has no sinful nature. This one has no sinful nature. His seed, incorruptible seed, remained in me, cannot sin. This one over here is corruptible, has a sinful nature. And this is why. Now look there in verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. All right, look up here. This is the one that does not do righteousness. Can't. It's of the flesh. And this one doesn't love his brother. This one hates. And he's talking about a guy like Cain. That's why he says in verse 12, not as Cain. Now look what he says down in verse 15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a what? Murder. Murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath the eternal life abiding in him. You say, "Well, I've trusted Christ as my Savior, and I hate my husband." So, are you saved? <gasps> now you got worries. But I hate. I hate Muslims, and I hate. And you go a list of all the people that you hate. And I hate the people at work. Well, wait a minute. Ah, if you hate, you can't have eternal life. You see how people can get confused on something like that? You read that verse and you got mad and hateful and, oh, I can just kill them. Ah, that's a sign you're not saved. But see, it doesn't really say that. That's just when you don't know the answer or what he's talking about, that's how your mind runs and it, imagination works. But now look up here. Which one of these hates? This one over here. This one is not the child of God. This is the child of the flesh. This one hates, and this one hates this birth. He has no eternal life abiding in Him, not the first birth. But see, when you trust Christ as your Savior, God didn't change this one. He gave you a new birth. You see, Cain and Abel were not the same person. They were different. It was a new birth. When you trusted Christ your Savior, this is a new birth. It's not this one redone. This is a new birth. So this one, born of God, doesn't have a sinful nature. And if it doesn't have a sinful nature, it doesn't hate its brother. Hatred comes from over here, the works of the flesh. And he has no eternal life abiding in him. And God says this was done so that it would make it manifest those that are of the wicked one, the devil, and those that are of God. You see, all of the devil's children sin. All of God's children don't. But I have two births. So therefore, there's a part of me that was a child of the devil, and now I am a child of God. I got two and, buddy, can you get confused? But when I sin, it's this one. And when I serve God, it's this one. So I make choices all day long. Wouldn't it be neat if we had total control of our mind to yield totally to the Lord and only did that which was right and manifest only the fruits of the Spirit? But whenever we sin against someone and we want to do the evil, and I hate you, We know we're walking in the flesh after the flesh, and we're not walking with God. So it's a good way for you as an individual to discern for yourself, well, am I bringing forth the works of the flesh, or am I bringing forth the fruit of the Spirit? You can decide that. That's why an unexamined life is not worth living. Let me give you one more over here. Look there in the book of Jude, the book of Jude. The book of Jude talks to us about a, well, a lot of these false teachers and heretics, you know, and soothsayers and, well, all these people that cause us nothing but a lot of problems. But look what he says down here. and says in verse 8, Jude chapter 1, it's not in chapter 2. But in verse 8 says, likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel when to contending with the devil he disputed about the body of Moses. durst not bring a railing accusation against him, but says the Lord rebuked thee. In other words, don't feel that you can take on the devil. Even Michael the archangel doesn't feel qualified to take on the angel. He must be a pretty powerful angel. And you, when you read the ninth chapter of the book of uh, Daniel, you'll find out that he had been hindered, the angel, from helping and answering Daniel's prayer for 21 days. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes that you and I cannot see or fathom. Now so notice what else he says. In verse 10, But these evil speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beast, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. It means they go in the direction of establishing their own righteousness and think that that's good enough. And they don't accept the payment Christ made, but they form their own man-made religions. Do we have man-made religions today? Lots of them. You see, there's only one main truth, and it's Christ, and He's the only way. But a lot of people just can't believe that it's just by grace. So you can't just believe. Okay, so what do they do? add to believe. If it's not just believe, well, the only way you can make believe into something else, you've got to add something to it. The only way you can add anything to faith is you've got to add works to it. There isn't anything else to add to it. But when you add works to faith and grace alone, you've changed it. It's not believe alone. It's your help. So you've added works to it. That's what Cain did. And, um, when did this start? This, when did this religion start? In the very beginning. With the very first child. Adam and Eve had already sinned. and But then he comes along and then he got corrected since. But one of these days, all of these that believe in works for salvation is going to be dealt with. But look what God says about those who teach and go their own way they teach their own man-made religion and will not trust Christ as their Savior. So in verse 11, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward. Well, that was because there was a, a man by the name of Balaam, and he got Israel to sin and do wrong so that God would punish them. But the thing is, is God did not annihilate them. See, God can punish and chastise But he doesn't annihilate his children of Israel. There are always going to be a people. There has to be a remnant. And just like with you and me, God may chasten some of us. Maybe take us home before our time. But all of God's children, all of them, the Bible says, Satan hath deceived the whole world. Aren't you glad God doesn't annihilate all of the believers? Wouldn't be nobody to talk to anybody So God knows what He's doing. But now look what He says about these people who do not accept God's way. They make their own way. So He says in verse 12, these are spots in your feast of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, cared about of winds, trees, whose fruit withereth, who without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. This is how God describes all these religious people. From Cain all the way down. And then he says in verse 30, Raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. See, when you don't accept God's way of salvation, there is no other way. There's no plan B. There's only plan A. And so whenever they don't trust Christ as Savior, people say, well, well, when I go to hell, I'll, I'll see John over there and Susie over there, and we'll just get together and take up an offering, an air-conditioned place. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. But the Bible describes hell as a place of darkness. Darkness. Like wandering stars forever in a sea of darkness. See what it says there? and whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. There's no light there. No light. Dark, dark. You remember when you were a kid, a little bitty kid, and somebody turned out the light on you, how scared you'd get? You ever play, you know, try to beat a boogeyman? Or had somebody beat a boogeyman come after you? Remember as a little child how scared you'd get? Well, just think, when there is absolutely no light for all eternity... It's like being in a lake of fire without light, wandering stars for all eternity. Now, those who reject God's way of salvation, this is what they're in for. Do they win? They lose. And then notice what he says here. In verse 14, Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these. So the Bible here in the New Testament is counting the seventh from Adam And telling you how many there was. And even Enoch preached before the flood. And he says in verse 14, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. So did Enoch back then, before the flood, did they know about Christ coming? Power, great glory with his saints. They knew all of this back then. But see, if we didn't have these things mentioned in the New Testament, we might never know those things that they knew and preached. And who knows what all kind of a message is that Noah preached. The Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness. So he was a preacher. And I believe they knew an awful lot that we don't give them credit for The Bible even says that God preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Saying, these shall all nations of the earth be blessed. I believe Abraham understood what he was talking about. And he talked about the seed, the incorruptible seed that would come from him, which is Christ, Galatians in chapter 3. So all these things were in there. And then whenever you read Hebrews in chapter 11, when he talks about Moses, how that Moses, he himself esteemed the reproaches of Christ. Greater treasure than all the treasures of Egypt. So he knew about Christ and the treasures, the reward that he would get, and it would be greater than being Pharaoh of Egypt. Moses knew that. So you see, just because we weren't there doesn't mean they didn't know. How much they knew, we don't know. But we are warned in the Scripture, you don't want to be like Cain, that establishes your own righteousness, Because there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Christ and Christ alone. So Christ died on the cross, paid for our sins, and if we accept that payment, He gives to us as a free gift, everlasting life. Isn't good news? Look up here. This hand represents you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God says that He loves us, He hates our sin. And for you and I to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. Because heaven is perfect. God is perfect. And we have to be perfect to go into heaven. But we can't because of sin. And God will not allow us into heaven. So how can God get rid of the sin? Remember, the sin is not just the sin that I commit. It's the sin nature that's within me. I could take this away and I still can't get in. Because, you see, the sin nature is still inside of me. I committed this because I am a sinner. So God has to give me a new birth. Not change me. Not change me. Not sending me to church and do all our good deeds. God has to give me a new birth. So this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world. He has no sin. No sin nature. So he has no sin. But Christ, because he loves us and he hates our sin, it says... That he hates it because it separates us from him. So what Christ did for us, he took our sins, paid for it on the cross. Came back from the dead and said if we would believe it, he would give us his righteousness. And if God gave me his righteousness, then I would be as righteous as God. Can I go to heaven if I'm as righteous as God? Why, yes. That's a righteousness that God gives to me by faith in what he did for me. And God says once you trust him, he'll never cast you out and never lose you. Best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, right now, why not just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I don't understand it all, but I know that I've done things wrong. I believe that Christ died, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust Him this morning as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, if what I said made sense, Would you say, yes, Lord, I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. And friend, by doing that, God will give you eternal life as a free gift. And He'll never cast you out and never lose you. And you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Would you believe it? Would you trust Him? If you will, would you slip your hand up very quickly and say, pray for me, I'll trust Christ as my Savior this morning, and I'd like for you to pray for me. Is there anyone at all, before we close? If you've already trusted Christ as your Savior, Do you see the responsibility? How that all of us as God's children are responsible to preach the gospel. One way or another, find a way. Find a way. Because one day we'll all stand before the Lord and give an account of ourselves. I won't be judging you. You won't be judging me. We all have our own Heavenly Father. And we'll stand before Him. And you don't want to be ashamed before Him at His coming. Our Father, we ask your blessings upon each one here. Ask, Father, your protection because we're living in a sinful world. And the devil would like us to do everything in the world but talk to people about their soul. And help us to have the confidence and the boldness that we need and use this for your honor and glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.